Thank you, Brother Dave. How many of you all know the victory is ours? Amen. That's the way it is. And I was wanting to turn into Galatians 3 before we get started here and have a word of prayer. Does everybody get it? Galatians 3.27 For you are all the sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus. For all of you were baptized into Christ, having clothed yourself with Christ. What that says to me is when you made that decision... To accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, and you meant it, you got a whole new wardrobe. And we talked about that wardrobe. We talked about that being like Christ, like Christ in every way. Man, that's what we are clothed in. We're no more this mortal human. We are clothed like Christ. We're supposed to be Christ's example. Just as Jesus was our example, we're supposed to be like him, okay? Amen? Amen. All right, let's go to the Lord in prayer before we get started. Heavenly Father, I am so excited, Heavenly Father, and a little nervous, to be honest with you, about preaching in Revelations today. I pray that you would just take this scripture as we read it, as we go through it. I just pray that you would, your Holy Spirit would give us understanding, that you would uh, give us the purpose for why we're reading this today, Heavenly Father. And then, my Father, that you would equip us to be overcomers. You would equip us to live like winners. Because we're winners if we're in you and we're in Christ. I just pray that we might see it that way. And then, my Father, it's so hard sometimes when the world comes at us to be the example that we need to be. I just pray that you'd help us through your Holy Spirit to be the example that each one of us needs to be in you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. If you will, turn your Bibles to Revelation 12. Revelation chapter 12. Thank you, hon. We talked about that. She said she'd give me the evil eye if I slip up. So I slipped up already and got the evil eye. So, uh, man, let me tell you, at our household, it was great having all this snow. How many of y'all love the snow? I mean, it's been a while, hasn't it? And, uh, man, we've been enjoying it at the Holloway household. Uh, we got rid of one of our four-wheel drives, so we just got one vehicle that gets in and out of the house today. And uh, I took the kids with me today, this morning, to go get donuts and all the stuff ready for church. And Tracy said, make sure you don't forget me, that you need to come back and get me. And I was joking around, and I said, man, somebody remind me. I'm preaching on Revelations, and I hate to have the eastern sky light up on them before I even get up here to preach today. But uh, it will happen if I forget her, but I didn't forget her. She got here, and uh, I got her here. So, man, that's pretty exciting, though. But, uh, man, we've been having a great time. And one of the things I've found out through studying this week is that uh, God intended me to have a good time this week. And uh, my kids love to uh, get the four-wheelers out and have me pull around in the sled and all this stuff. And, you know, my wife's not always there for me, but she is there for me. But 
Dad's been kind of relaxed the last couple of years getting the four-wheeler ready for the big snows. You know what I mean? I just don't have it gassed up. I don't have it all the sleds ready to go. And uh, studying this revelation, I'm going, man, Lord, what are you trying to tell me? That I'm not ready to go. That, uh, man, sometimes I slip up and get caught up in the life and I don't get my priorities straight and I don't get my things done the way I need to. And I saw that this week as my kids were giving me a hard time. And Tracy's kidding me. She's giving me a hard time. But uh, about my sled not being ready to go and the four-wheeler not being ready to go and the big snow that we had. All right? But thank God we got some more and we're going to be ready to go. Okay? So... Man, and getting ready for revelations, that was just the revelation I had this week as I was preparing for the sermon. If you open up to Revelations 12, it's kind of a long chapter. I'm going to stop every now and then, but uh, a great sign appeared in heaven. A woman clothed in the sun and the moon as her, with her foot, and in her head a crown of twelve stars. And she was with child, and she cried and she cried, not being in, or she cried, being in labor and in pain to give birth. Did a bad job reading that, but hopefully you're following along. The reason I picked Revelations, or Revelation 12 today, is I don't know if you've known it, but uh, Laverne did a good job decorating this year. She had the cross, and then she had the baby Jesus right here, and she had Mary and Joseph. And... Where I'm going in this scripture, I was going, wow, that's almost the Christmas story we're seeing in Revelation here. Is that uh, here we see a, a woman clothed with the sun and the moon as her footstool and 12 jewels. I don't know if you know it, but Joseph gave that vision, that dream interpretation in Genesis 37. And we see... That that represents Israel, the birth of Israel. This woman is giving birth to Israel. This woman being Israel, okay? Giving birth to the Christ child, all right? Is that, that cool? The sun and the moon, the sun represents Jacob, okay? The moon represents Rachel and the twelve Jewels that we see here in this story represent the tribe of Israel. Pretty cool, isn't it? This is the end book, okay? Here we go. Then another sign appeared in heaven, and behold, a great red dragon, having seven heads, ten horns, and on his head were seven diadems, and his tail swept away a third of the stars of heaven and there and threw them down to earth and the dragon stood before the woman who was about to give birth and so that when she gave birth that he might devour her child okay this is the second great vision great sign we're seeing a red dragon. You might say, Brent, why is it red? Why is it a dragon? Well, this red represents bloodshed. Okay? There's much bloodshed. I don't know if you know the Christmas story, but what happened when Jesus was born? 
Did he live a peaceful life? Was everything at peace? No. King Herod wanted to do what? Come and worship the child? No. I think the devil was trying to get Jesus, get the child. And he'd sent out a decree that every child two years and younger must be killed. Bloodshed. Bloodshed. Here it is again in verse 9 later on in our scripture. If you'll go down to verse 9, it says, without a doubt, this dragon is Satan. In preparing to go here, man, I don't know how many times I want to do something great and something gets in my way. Amen? I start off with good intentions and it just doesn't go that way. It's almost like Peter. When he was saying to the Lord, hey, I don't want you to die. I don't want you to go uh, suffer on this cross. And Jesus rebuked him and said, get away from me, Satan. God uses us, or Satan uses us sometimes to inhibit what he wants to do. That's unbelievable. But you see a true example in Peter and God saying, I rebuke you, Satan. Okay? He even uses those languages in the word of God. Okay? So, man, I want you to understand this gift we got in each one of us, this Christ gift, it's intimidating to Satan himself. Amen? Sometimes I don't realize the great power, the great spirit that lives inside of me that I can accomplish great things in his name because I believe what the devil says about me sometimes. I believe he's the great accuser. It says that he's up in heaven in front of God saying, Hey, look at that guy. He's down there preaching today. He's got dyslexia. He ain't supposed to be there, Lord. He can't sing a lick. He was running from you. You don't need to use that guy. He's getting old. You don't need to use him anymore. You all know it. Anytime you want to do something great for God, you want to be a servant, you want to follow him, you've got this accuser in the back of your mind accusing you and just putting water on your fire. Amen? You been there before? In preparing this sermon, I made a promise to God, hey, I'll go serve you, but man, I don't want to be a preacher. You see where I am today, huh? Hey, if I listened to all those things in the back of my mind that kept me from doing stuff, I would be living a depressed life today. And God didn't save me to become a depressed person, to be a person that's not going to make a difference for him. He created me special. I'm his masterpiece. You're his masterpiece. Get that. You're his masterpiece. You are supposed to bring glory to your creator. Amen? The way you bring glory to your creator is by doing what he wants you to do. And Lord knows, I do not know what that is. But for me this morning, it's being up in front of you, proclaiming his word, letting you see a full picture of what this revelation is talking about. 
So we're all on the same page? Pretty good, huh? That devil's tricky. But it's going to get worse here, guys. Listen to this. I can barely read this today. I don't know if my thing's going or what my side here. All right, here we go in verse 5. And she gave birth to a son, a male child, who is to rule all the nations with a rod of iron. And her child was caught up to God and to the throne, to his throne. Then the woman fled into the wilderness where she was, she had a place prepared by God to that she would nourish for these thousand two hundred and sixty years or sixty days. Thousand two hundred and sixty days. What you're seeing here, guys. I know I'm doing a terrible job reading the scripture this morning. I can't really see it. I really need my readers on, but I ain't got them here. But uh, here we go. This male child, after he's born, he doesn't spend a lot of time here on earth. How long did Jesus serve here on earth? About 30 years. And then he was caught up, went to the throne, okay? He didn't set up a great kingdom here on earth, did he? He didn't come to rule. He didn't come to be praised. He didn't come to be served, did he? He came to serve. He's setting up a kingdom that's going to last forever. Okay? And that's where you see this iron rod. A good shepherd. Okay? He's got an iron rod. In Psalms 2, 2 through 9, it talks about God ruling with an iron rod. He's a just God. He's going to crush, crush the opposition. He's going to destroy the opposition. But he's going to lead, guide, and direct his sheep with his arms rod. Okay? That's the reason it's important to know that this is an arm rod. Also, what did the kings have? A sepulcher or whatever you want to call it. This is his. Sep- what? Sep- All right. I'm doing this by memory. Huh? Okay. All right. But the kings had one. And this kingdom's going to last forever. And this king is God. This king is our creator. This king's wanting to have fellowship with us. Here's the deal. He didn't save us to become a part of a church. Oh, get this. He didn't save us to become part of religion. We got enough religion in the world, don't we? He came to set you free. He came to make you his people so you can accomplish great things in his name. Okay? We do have strength as a church, as a body of believers. Not a building, folks. Not a building. This building is great to have, great useful thing, great useful tool. But what lives inside of each one of us, what makes us a church. Amen? When we go, we're not taking this building with us. All right? I'm not taking this body with me. What makes up Brent is going up to be with the Lord, okay? And that's what he saved, all right? That's what makes me Brent. 
I know I'm not good looking. I know I'm a bald-headed guy. I know all that. I know the time deteriorates all that stuff. Okay? But my relationship with the Lord is what's going on to be with him. Okay? And here's the trick. Here's the question, guys. This is the reason we go to Youth Encounter Youth is that we need to share this gift with other people. We need to share this thing that we found with other people. And we're going to see that here real quickly. All right. Getting back to scripture here. The angel Michael. How many angels are mentioned in the Bible? By name. Anybody know? Three? Give them to me. Okay. This is Michael. Gabriel was the pronouncing angel. Michael is our protecting angel. All right? You're going to see him here. Here we go. Verse 7. And there was a war in heaven. Michael and his angels were waging war with the dragon. The dragon and his angels waging war. And there were not uh, strong enough. They were not strong enough. And there was no longer a place found for them in heaven. And the great dragon was thrown down to the serpent of the old who is called the devil and Satan who deceives the whole world. He was thrown down to earth and the angels were thrown down with him. Then the loud voice of heaven was saying, now, hold on, I don't want to go there. All right, the loud voice. Here we go. Michael, fighting on God's behalf, is fighting against who? Satan. The devil, the dragon, the red beast, the deceiver. Okay? He's been all the time up at God's throne, accusing us of being poor followers of Christ. Okay? Not worth dying for. Uh, not worth the price of the blood that he shed on the cross. Okay? He's been up in heaven doing that to God. Okay? God finally has enough. Michael is having a fight with the dragon and his angels that are following him. A third of the angels. He throws them down to earth. He kicks them out of heaven. Man, great rejoicing is had. You know, the devil's gone. He's out of the hair. Bad news for earth because he is let loose. He is mad. Okay? And this deceiver is running loose. All right? Knowing his time is limited. Okay? So, a warning to us left here on earth. This guy means business. This guy wants to destroy everything of God's that he can lay his hands on. Okay? I've been in youth ministry for a long time. Been here at this church for a while. Let me tell you, there's a lot of families that have crumbled. When I first started in youth ministry, man, three quarters of your kids came from mom and dad families. Strong families in the church. Today... There's a lot of families that have split up, have divorce going on. You know what? That affects kids. God didn't intend for that to happen, did he? 
Folks are off quiet. God didn't intend for that to happen, did he? But we're living with it. And kids are bearing the brunt of it. You know, there's kids out there to cut themselves. To get relief from the pain that they feel. Because they might have had something in their mind telling them, Hey, the reason mom and dad did that is because of me. I'll be honest with you, there's a lot of kids out there like that. There's a lot of kids out there that feel like they're picked on all the time. It might not be that they're picked on all the time. It's just what they perceive happening. Folks, the reason that goes on is the devil is a liar, a deceiver, man. It says it in God's word. The bad thing is he's so persistent. He so goes after us. That we start believing all these lies he's been telling us. And we live a defeated life. We do things that we wouldn't normally do because there's nobody around there to say, hey, it's not that way. Things are going to be all right. But our society's breaking down. The devil's attacked our families, crushed families. All right? He's getting young people. To think this way. Hey, marriage, who needs it? God ordained it, who needs it? You don't need to go before a preacher and get married. You don't need to do that. You can just go and live, and man, we'll just pretend like we're married. Does that happen in our society today? Hey, I don't know it, but uh, hey, I can't find nobody to get married to. I'm just going to do whatever I need to do. I like this guy over here, and I'm a guy. I have no idea how that works. That's wrong. All right? I'm getting down to basics, folks, of being real with you today, okay? There ain't no flowery language coming from this voice here. It's not right. The reason all this stuff happens is because the devil's loose. He's wanting followers. He's wanting people that are created a masterpiece to say, hey, I'm not a masterpiece. I want to settle for what Satan wants to give me. And you know that because Jesus overcame that. Okay? In the temptations, when Jesus was tempted, he was taken up to a very high place and he said... Hey, Jesus, just bow down and worship me and I'll give you this world. He thinks he's got the power to do that. Hey, my God owns the world. He owns everything in it. And Jesus didn't bow. He kept right on task because he knew his plan. That's the reason he didn't stay here very long. Okay? In Revelations five and six, Revelation five verse six, he says, John said he saw a slain lamb standing on the throne of God. You know who that was? Jesus Christ. He shed his blood for you and me because he knows that we're his masterpiece. And if we'll just accept that gift, 
we can have that too. That's the reason I started this sermon off of that verse. If you made that decision and you made that in your heart and it's real, you're there. You don't have to listen to the devil beat you up all the time. Most of the time when a new person comes to believe in Jesus Christ, one of the first things I have them do, you might think it's dumb, whatever. I have them write down the day, the time, who was there when I got saved. Because I can't tell you the times the devil comes at you and goes, Hey, did you really make that commitment? Were you really sure that you made that commitment to me? He wants you to live a lie. He wants you to live in mystery that you can't know that you're really saved. Hey, that's the reason God gave us this book, folks, so we can know. And I'm going to give you three tools that I find in Revelation 12 right here, right now. How you can overcome. How many of you all want to be overcomers? I want to be there. Here it is. Follow along, Revelations 12. Now the salvation and the power and the kingdom of our God and the authority of his of Christ having come for the accuser and his brethren has been thrown down. He who accuses them before our God day and night and then overcame him because of the blood of the Lamb and because the word of the testimony, and they did not love their lives, even when faced with death. For this reason, rejoice, O heaven, you who dwell in them. Woe to the earth and the, and the sea, because the devil has come down to you, having great wrath and knowing that he has only a short time. This tribulation time just lasts seven years. Here we go. The first thing I see here is what? I told you, it's found in Revelations 5, 6. What do he say? What do he say way back in Genesis when Adam and Eve messed up? He says, I'm going to make you new clothes. What did he do? He was going out and he killed the animals and he made them clothes out of the skins of the animal. The blood was supposed to cover their sins for eating of the tree, right? And then way down in Old Testament, they were all the time having to go give sacrifices. God says, until the day I give you the perfect lamb. And the perfect lamb was Jesus Christ. He walked this earth fully human, but never sinned. And we crucified him on a cross. He had every right to say, hey, I'm not guilty. He had every right. He had every right to say, hey, God, come down and get me. These people ain't worth dying for. He could call down 10,000 angels. He could have changed the way this story is written here today. But he didn't. He willingly died on the cross for me and for you. Amazing. And that blood, that red blood, went on my sins. And I don't know if you've ever uh, been around the hospital room, you've been around that, but blood gets messy. It gets on everything. 
But you can imagine all your sins being written out. And that blood getting on it. And it takes care of it. It makes it whiter than snow. Thank God for the illustration today. That's the way God sees us. That's the reason that there's power. That's the first. There's power in that blood. Second, give it to me. I don't have it right here. Oh, word of our testimony. Here you go on, Britt. Why did you put down word of our testimony? I know I got testimony. I know God worked in me. I know I had an experience once upon a time. You know, we used to work on our testimonies around here. What was my life like before I became a Christian? What did I used to think was good? I tried awful hard. But you know what? I kept failing. Falling short. You see, we'll never be good enough. Never. That's the reason all these rules are in this Bible. Is to prove to us we've all fallen. Romans says, for all the sin and fallen short of the glory of God. There's none righteous. The only righteous one would come on a cross. There's none. But he said, the word of your testimony. Yes, I invited Jesus Christ in at the age of seven. You might say, yeah, Brent, you were a child then. No. God's grown me to a man through some hard times, through some tough times, through times having to hang on with tooth and nail, knowing that I believe in Jesus Christ, knowing that he has a purpose for my life. You see, that's how your faith has grown in the tough times. If you never had tough times, I dare say you're not that old. I dare say you're living a Christian life if you haven't had tough times. Because he says, if you take my name, if you live a Christian life, it's not going to all come up roses, folks. There's going to be persecution. There's going to be people making fun of me at school because I say I'm a Christian. There's going to be people making fun of me anywhere I go because I am a Christian. How many of y'all want to sign up for that kind of life? Hey, the reason I signed up for that kind of life is because I have a hero. His name's Jesus. And he's overcome it all. And through his power, I can too. But I still get scrapes and I still get bruises. And I still get my faith tested. Amen. And I thank God for the tough times. A lot of you are saying, hey, I'm living in a tough time right now, Brent. There ain't nothing to be thankful about. When you're living in that tough time, it's hard to be thankful. But when God delivers you, you're going, God did it. He got me through it. Let me tell you, one of my toughest times I'm around youth all the time. But one of my toughest times is I was a youth, and I think God uses that a lot in my life, is when I struggled. My grades weren't always the best. My kids laugh at me because my grades were so poor. 
They can't understand why Dad is so happy when they bring home A's. I am. I'm thrilled to death. But you understand, my mom and dad were scared to death. Because I tried hard in school, but I couldn't get it done. Come to find out, I had this learning disability God created me with. Called dyslexia. And it took me to the sixth grade to find out that I could see things backwards. I couldn't find out why all these kids knew all these answers, but I didn't, because I studied the same stuff. But finally they tested me and found out that. But see, I had six years behind me already in school, and I had to do some catching up. And one of these brainiac people, the doctor of the program, said, Hey, Mr. and Mrs. Holloway, your kid's hopeless, man. We're going to send them through... Summer school, he's not going to have a summer like every other kid. He's going to have to go to summer school. He's going to have to do these special programs. And we're going to relearn him and try to teach, teach him different. I'm going, man, it sounds like a load of fun. Sign me up. <laughs> no, I didn't. I went kicking and screaming the whole way. And I got a mini bike out of the deal, but... Man, that was to keep me focused. But you see, God worked a miracle in me because these experts said, hey, he's not going to graduate college. He's not going to be a master's. He can't achieve it. He can't do it. Guys, I'm living proof that God took me a screw-up and made something of my life. Amen. So I can only imagine what he can do in your life. Because you didn't have those kind of problems. As long as you stay focused, as long as you stay a part of that testimony, the word of your testimony, that's where I was going, the word. Why in the world did God give us this book? Because he knew Satan would be coming at us with all kinds of lies. He knew Satan would be coming at us in all kinds of angles. Wanting you to believe something that isn't true. Right here's the proof. It's in God's word. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I can't tell you how many times I've read that verse. I can't tell you how many times I've hung on to that verse. My daughter writes it on her uh, thing before she plays basketball. Hey, he strengthens me. He gives me the determination. He does it in me. All I am is being a vessel. And it's hard sometimes. It's hard living a Christian life. But it's well worth it. Amen? One more thing. Word of my testimony. What's the other one? Somebody reading along there? Oh. Goes right along with our video this morning. I am so amazed that we do missions the way we do. I thank God for the mission offerings that we get in this church. I thank God that I'm a youth pastor that was able to take our kids to Nicaragua. I thank God that I'm a youth pastor and I get to go on missions here in Harrisburg. Guys, it's messy sometimes. It's hard sometimes. It doesn't always make sense. But just as this young man said in the video, 
when he gave his life to Christ, there's a lot of people that shunned him. There's a lot of people that wouldn't shop at his little table because he knew Jesus Christ as his Lord and Savior. And he made it known. And he's willing to go through that persecution. He's willing to say, hey, I'm a Jesus follower. Deal with it. And there's coming a time in America, guys, when we're going to have to fish or cut bait. We've had it too easy too long. And we're going to have to say, yes, I'm going to follow Jesus in my whole heart. There ain't none of this playing the game. And I hate that time that's coming up because it's going to involve a lot of these younger people. And I want them to know salvation is real. I want them to know there's power in the blood of the Lamb. Because it is worth dying for. Worth giving my life for. One of the great things when we came back off mission trip was seeing Matt Oshel up here preaching. <laughs> I remember Matt growing up in the youth group. I remember Matt having a lot of questions. And I still believe Matt has a lot of questions. But one thing's for sure. Matt's following Jesus Christ. Amen? And he's going on a mission field. And he's taking two little kids. You might say, hey, that can't happen. My God, the God I serve, will protect him. Amen? The God you serve will protect him. Because our God is an awesome, awesome, awesome God. And it's about time we get a real picture of who he is. And this is tribulation time. You're seeing it in Revelations 12. It didn't surprise God. He had a plan all along. Way back in Genesis he had a plan. It just surprises me and you that he's got that much under control. I'll be honest with you. I'm a faith walker. I'm a doer. I get my mind made up. I'm going to get her done. Amen. I'm not one of these people that can sit around for months thinking, well, I'm going to do this here in about a month and let's see what we need here. You know, I've had to really work on that part of my life. Because that's not one of my strong suits. But man, if you tell me to go, I'm all about it. I'm on the bus. I want to get it done. And I operate a lot on faith. Faith's hard, guys. It's believing and not seeing with these eyes. It's believing that God can take care of things no matter what I see. And there's times when it's hard to walk by faith. But there's times when I've walked by faith when it was hard. And got to the end and I'm going, Hallelujah, man! It happened! God did it through me. And I inspired other people. By being faithful. By being what God called me to be. You see, he didn't call me to be perfect, folks. No. If I was perfect, he wouldn't even need to die for me, right? This thing about church. 
I can't go down to Dorisville. There's a bunch of hypocrites down there. Man. Hey, guys. We all mess up. That's the reason he had to die on the cross. That's a little secret, okay? It's just a matter of what degree we messed up and what degree we want to follow him. When you make that the choice to follow him, he says it's a narrow way. It's not a wide way. But you've got to walk that narrow way. But it's well worth it. Well worth it. Because in the end, guess what? We get to go be with him. And a thing called glory, heaven. And there's not going to be any more devil. And there's not going to be anybody telling us lies no more. And there's not going to be any bad things happening. There's not even going to be a, te- a tear shed because of sadness. And we're going to get to shout glory, glory for a long time. And it's going to be better than the Bulldogs winning a basketball game. It's going to be better than the Bulldogs winning a football game. It's going to be better than my son playing awesome on the drums. It's going to be better than McKenzie making 10 layups in a game, okay? It's going to be awesome. You know what's going to make it so awesome? Because I'm going to be in the presence of my Lord and Savior. Amen? And I want you all there, too. And I want you to know there's hope today. And there's power in the blood. And we're going to wind this thing down. And I want you to know that God loves you. And you're his masterpiece. No matter what other people think, no matter what your brain tells you, you are a masterpiece. Don't let anybody tell you any differently. And the road you're going on, you need to be faithful. Because you never know who you're affecting by your walk, by what you're doing. Because other people are going, wow, I see them. They say they know Jesus Christ. I'm going to watch their actions. Your testimony speaks loud when it's actions. It's easy to say words. It's hard to walk it day by day. Either see a sermon than hear one any day. Amen. And we affect other people. We're affecting this next generation. One of the things I'm going to be so grateful about is seeing these kids walk with faith the direction they need to walk. Amen. And I have no idea why God's planted such a burden on my life or why that's important to me. But it is. And I get a real charge out of seeing some of them walking with Jesus Christ today. But it's your choice. As we stand this morning, I want to lead us in a word of prayer. Will you bow with me? Heavenly Father, I'm thankful for John, your beloved apostle, that you enlightened him, that you had a plan, that you are going to make all things a lot better in the end. 
But dear Heavenly Father, you give me an opportunity to be a blessing. You give me an opportunity to be a light that can shine in darkness so other people can see you and what I do and what I say and how I act. And dear Heavenly Father, forgive me for the times when I mess up. Because I know there are many. But I want to remain faithful because I put on your robe and I was baptized in your name and I was buried with you in that baptism. And I want to walk with you in heaven one day. Heavenly Father, be it the people in this house here today and on the radio that don't know you. May they see there's power in the blood and in the testimony. And there's even power in laying my life down to serve you. And Heavenly Father, I just pray that you just do a great work in each one of our hearts. That you would not let us rest until we decide the question, am I on your team? Your scripture says, if I'm ashamed of you, you'll be ashamed of me before your heavenly Father. And that's the reason we have this altar here this morning in front of these people. I proclaim your name, dear my Father, and I want other people to proclaim your name loudly too. That we might live this abundant life right here and right now. That the world doesn't know is so abundant. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.